0: Hey, welcome from commando.com. This is Commando On Demand, where we talk to industry movers and shakers to keep you up to date on everything digital. Okay, let me tell you something. You can make money playing video games. That's right, I know it sounds crazy. You can make thousands or even millions of dollars playing video games. So yes, all the kids that have been playing video games their entire lives, suddenly they can be a multimillionaire. Well, I have to tell you, it's not easy in this commando on demand podcast we're going to talk about exactly what it takes to grab the gold in gaming some of these professional video gamers ah, it's crazy they're making three hundred and fifty thousand dollars every single month
1: now when i started working when i was 13 my first job was
2: doing the paper route.
3: And we're working right now. we working hard or hardly working hard. hard.
2: When I was in high school, I actually managed to make over $100,000 playing this game. And honestly, I I encourage everyone to do that. All all the kids out there, like, you can't just
1: drop everything and focus on playing video games for a living. Like I've mowed lawns and yeah, I never had like a nine to five.
0: All right, so you're probably sitting there saying, make money playing video games? Kim, how is that even possible? Well, with just $2 that his poor parents managed to scrape together, a very young boy from Singapore walked into a gaming arcade and he decided then and there that he was going to be a great arcade player. Now, back in the day, tossing a coin to a video game was like tossing it out the window, especially if you were poor. But kids today know better. Street Fighter champion Ho Kun Sien was investing in his future at $2 a shot. He would eventually make a fortune doing exactly what he loved, playing fighting games. He turned professional, and now he earns thousands upon thousands of dollars. But it doesn't stop at just thousands of dollars. How about millions of dollars? Top players who have been practicing since they could walk are now 30 years old, and some of them are just filthy rich. A lot of them are multimillionaires. Some of them raise money for charity, so it's become official. Esports is now a viable career. Tyler Blevins, aka Ninja, is living proof. He's had more social media interactions this year than LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo, or Shaquille O'Neal, making him the most popular athlete in the world. I <laughs> you know the guy's playing esports. We're going to be hearing from gamers like Ninja, FaZe Tifu, OmniArch, CN, Alex Block, and gamer slash tech writer Jessica Dillon. We're going to talk about the golden gaming and how to turn your video game addiction, maybe your video game hobby, maybe someone you know, into cold hard cash. That's coming up in this week's Commando on Demand. I'm Kim Commando, America's digital pro, and I have to tell you, I've been on a kick lately talking about all the different ways that technology can maybe help us make a little extra cash. So in this podcast, you're gonna hear from eSports athletes about how they're living the dream. They're gaming for the gold. Blacken and Forrest, they've gotta try
3: and get some work done. No Molotov to use as a smoke on the site anyway. Forrest has picked up one. Can he go any better than that? He knows it's been Ooh, Oh my God,
2: Forrest! In Marseille! That was ridiculous!
0: First of all, I'd like you to guess out loud, how many people do you think are watching esports right now? Just say a number, say it loudly, even if you're like in a public place. People will think you're crazy, but why not? Okay, do you have that number in your head? How many people are watching esports? Are you ready for it? 380 million. Yes, 380 million. That's according to market research firm, NewZoop. That's a lot of fans. While it's not quite as big as traditional sports leagues, Nuzu predicts that the esports economy will grow to over 900 million dollars this year and 1.4 billion dollars by 2020. When Ziyan turned 18 years old, he was a local champion. But there was no such thing then as a pro gaming career per se. But the league started offering prize money. Millennials ate it up, and they started watching people play video games in droves. For Zion, it was like a dream come true. He made a lot of money, and he shot straight to the top. A lot of players share that dream nowadays, and here's why. Just last August, the prize pool for the international 2018 tournament for the game Dota 2 was $25.5 million. Jeez, from playing video games, who would have thought? 15 million people actually watched the final rounds. My point is this, gaming is mega-monolith. Top level players have become more than just rock stars. They are truly the gods of this gaming community. The
1: madman, the scientist, oh, again! and the sharpshooter as Rops goes down. Chris J, what can you do, my friend? What have you got?
4: Can you get something done here? Chris J, a professional author in his own right,
2: but. J.K.S. and the man himself, nifty, coming alive!
0: But in reality, you know, they're not gods. They're just humans. And the great ones were always the first to admit that. It takes a lot to get to the top of video game players, and not everybody has that necessarily natural talent. Daigo Umiara, otherwise known as The Beast, is known as one of the best video game street fighter competitors in the world. But he didn't start with natural talent. He started playing at the age of 10, and the older players, well, they didn't think much of him then. But now, with winnings totaling around $176,000, you might just say he showed them all. Both Zion and Diego were underdogs. A lot of the top winners actually start out as so-called underdogs and nerds who have no interest other than playing video games. Coming up, I have advice from the top players. Plus, huge esports career mistakes you definitely want to avoid. But right now, let's take a moment to hear from one of our partners who helped make these Commando On Demand podcasts possible. Hey, a quick mention and a quick thank you because I've got to tell you about my toothbrush from Quip. All right. I know you might be thinking, Kim, you're so excited about a toothbrush. Well, I am because think about it. You've had parents and teachers and dentists telling you how to brush your teeth your whole life, and it seems like everybody has a different technique. One thing that they all can agree on is that you have to brush your teeth for a full two minutes. I've been telling my son Ian that for years. Ah, but not anymore. I have a Quip, and so does Ian. Quip is electric. It's small, it's light, it's sleek. There's a built-in two minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you, are you ready for it? Yes, switch sides. You don't have to guess anymore. With Quip, new brush heads are automatically delivered, just like the dentists recommend every three months for just $5, so you can just forget about it. Try Quip and see why it's backed by more than 20,000 dental professionals. And me, and my son Ian, we both love our Quip. Quip starts at just $25, that's it. Visit getquip.com tech right now, and you're gonna get a deal. You get your first refill pack for free with any Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free. Yes, absolutely free. Head over to getquip.com tech. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com tech. All right, welcome back. Ninja and phase two foo were both good right out of the gate. And even though they are rivals, they both started out basically the same. Just a couple of kids playing video games.
1: I mean, when we were young, like I used to play like Halo with my brother. He was all right, I don't know. I took it a little bit more seriously, I guess, but it was kind of just like for fun. And then I started to get like into Call of Duty and Destiny and, you know, started grinding Halo a lot. My dad loves video games. He had them in the house and we just kind of stumbled upon them,
4: uh, me and my brothers and That was pretty much it. The rest is history from there. I mean, really just continued to purchase all of the future consoles and, and gamed a lot.
0: Now, Ninja's World took a serious turn when Halo came out, you know, the game. He knew he could be really great at playing Halo, but his mother was less enthralled, as he told Yahoo Esports reporters.
4: My mom was not, like, not about me playing it at all, but, you know, I was able to convince her. I was like, Mom, look, I'm killing aliens. I'm saving the world. Trust me, like, don't worry. You know, I'm not going to become violent from playing these games because she she was doing, what you know, what every mother should, monitor what
0: their kids are, are playing. All right, so his mom believed in him. But kids who spend hours upon hours upon hours a day playing video games are really walking a thin line. The competition is fierce. So Ninja is a big advocate for staying in school and getting an education, not just playing video games.
4: You can't just drop everything and focus on playing video games for a living. It's becoming a very competitive career uh, choice right now, and uh, you want to make sure that you're you're securing your future and putting in the extra time to try to make this happen as
0: well. But on the other side of the fence, a career in gaming could be waiting. OmniArk knows all about it. He's a gameplay commentator who specializes in the game, Black Ops.
3: The gaming niche and the esports niche; these things are blowing up. They've been huge for a couple of years now, but they're getting even bigger. Um, There's actually a headline the other day that said the Luxor Hotel in Las Vegas uh, was actually converting their nightclub into a flagship esports gaming venue. Like that is huge. Like like big cities are actually investing. Companies are investing in having big esports arenas um, to pull in uh, you know a ton of um, actual people from around the world. You know having big, you know, places where people can go to meet up for events or for, you know, event, you know just anything like that. So, you know, getting in now um, is a really great place to be.
0: If you really want to get good at playing video games, you can pretty much forget all about a social life. Gaming takes hours and hours of practice, about 12 to 16 hours a day on average. When you turn pro, it's even more so. Conrad Tobin, otherwise known as Ranners, is a pro FIFA 19 player. That's a soccer video game, by the way. He actually shares a house with other players and a coach. In order to stay ahead of his opponents, he actually practices the game physically, that's right, running drills and free kicks and going to the gym. He's a huge advocate for keeping his body and his mind healthy. And guess how many hours he practices? 16 hours a day, he told CNBC. Life is definitely not a disco for the pros. If you want to make hundreds of thousands of dollars, you gotta give up a lot. But it can be done. Faiz Tufu remembers when his hobby suddenly became his career. Once
1: I started to get really good at Destiny and I like, got partnered on Twitch and started making like a little bit of money off of like YouTube like speedrunning and doing whatever, that's when I really realized that like this is it. But I don't think it was really until like Fortnite came out where stuff really started to like start blowing up.
0: But it didn't happen overnight.
1: I have a background in battle royals already. So I've been playing BRs for, you know, a year or two and then I started playing PUBG and then another battle royale came out called Fortnite and uh, it was pretty easy after that.
0: Now, easy money can definitely get you into trouble. Alex Block made $100,000 in gaming by the time he graduated high school. Nowadays, that pays for about one year in college, but that's another story. He never did anything illegal, but it was definitely dirty money. He didn't get rich by being a good player. He got rich by being greedy.
2: Through about a two-year period, when I was in high school, I actually managed to make over $100,000 playing this game. This has nothing to do with Twitch. This has nothing to do with YouTube. It has nothing to do with any of that. This is completely buried in my past before anyone knew anything, back when I used to keep everything pretty much privately into myself. I wasn't a genius. I didn't do anything that crazy. I just managed to take advantage of the situations that were given to me, and I managed to be at the right place and at the right time, which is kind of true for a lot of things in life. I was a complete nerd. I had virtually no friends. I talked to nobody really except for other people who used to play video games and in high school and at every opportunity given I would sit and play games. So I was a complete nerd and that was pretty much my entire life. I managed to make maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 dollars a day or something like that, selling $50 of items here, $50 of items there, and again this was all against the rules, right? So I was breaking the rules of the game. It wasn't illegal which some people get very confused about. It's not illegal to sell things in a game. It's against the game's rules because they don't want you selling items because it takes away profit from them. I developed a lot of connections with people who uh, eventually just came to me when they wanted to buy stuff. Just like you do in any business, these people would buy stuff from me and then a couple of days later they would message me and say, hey, do you have more stuff to sell? and because I saved up so much stuff to sell, I just developed so many connections with people that pretty much whenever I got stuff to sell, I I immediately had somebody that would buy it. This developed even further, and uh, the next step was I actually managed to recruit people to my, I don't wanna say it like this, but to my army of people who would farm stuff for me and who i vastly vastly underpaid which then turned into like 40 or 50 different people or even more than that i don't even know i lost track of so many business transactions and everything that literally all day long i was just constantly either emailing or skyping or messaging or talking on Teamspeak with people over various item transactions and instead of making 20 30 40 a day i was now making several hundred dollars a day. And I should have been happy with it, but greed kind of took over. I was messaging people these things, people were messaging me exploits, people were selling me items. It was just a complete chaotic mess. I ended up selling exploits for real money. That's right, as crazy as it is, I sold the information of exploiting the game to my business contacts for vast, vast amounts of money. And I'm talking about a $1,000 or more to each person that I sold the information of big exploits to. And I managed to maximize my profit by taking this information and taking these exploits. And because the game was not perfect, it wasn't like um, a super huge game like World of Warcraft or something where things are patched really quickly and the programming is very, very good. There were quite a bit of exploits in the game and these things took a while to get fixed. And there were definitely things that you could abuse in the game. I got banned from the game, not just my account. I got a whole bunch of other accounts banned. All my accounts that I owned, all my credit cards deactivated. You know, they pretty much blocked me from using their service. And they told me uh, personally later on to not play their game anymore because I was ruining it. And that is the story of how I made over $100,000 in high school playing a video game.
0: I wanted to share his whole story just to bring home the point that there's no glamour in cheating. It just ruins it for everybody. Alex has since changed his ways. You'll be glad to know and is now a successful gamer on Twitch. All right, coming up, there are some bad apples in the bunch, but there are also some surprisingly good ones and they all have one thing in common. We're going to tell you exactly what that is after we hear from some of the folks who help make our podcast possible. All right, welcome back to Commando on Demand, you video gamer wannabe millionaire, yes! All right, there's a little bit of social conflict we have to talk about. There are also some misconceptions. You see, players get invited to travel all around the world expecting a penthouse suite with complimentary breakfasts and massages, and you get my drift. Well, it doesn't always work out that way. In fact, in Zion's case, when he went to Sweden to compete, his penthouse was a sleeping bag on the floor by the bleachers.
4: At that time there's no, I don't have accommodation. Yeah, they say I'm gonna bring a sleeping bag and I can sleep at the Dream area. So I went there with a sleeping bag and I went to the sleeping area. So I walked like 10 minutes under the coal and I slept there. But the sleeping hall though with a few thousand people where you sleep down and you woke up with a leg on the face, you know, because everyone was sleeping in different directions. So for two days, I didn't shower, and I got second place. For me, it's like I'm thinking, do you think I smell? Because I haven't been showered for days, you know, like, I keep trying not to talk to people. So the last day, I have a shower, before going back to the flight back to Singapore.
0: I've heard a lot of stories like that. And then there's also physical issues. That's right. You see, gamers develop carpal tunnel syndrome. They have eye problems, posture problems, and let's face it, it doesn't get any easier. That's why most players retire in their late 20s or early 30s. You also have reaction time. It gets slower as you get older. Thinking ability may degrade. And also as we get older, we get tired. But if you play your cards right and you play them well, you may have enough money to be comfortable for a while anyway and you may decide to go into another area of gaming, like maybe game design or coaching or technical writing. Like Jessica Dillon, for instance. After years of playing video games, she's now a full-blown nerd expert. She researches, she writes about anything nerdy, but her first love is still video games. First of all, Jessica, welcome to the nerd party. That's right, otherwise known as Commando on Demand. Hi
5: Kim, thanks for having me today.
0: Now, how long have you been playing video games?
5: Since I was about three, of course, I wasn't very good at it at that point because I was a toddler, but all of my life, I have consistently played video games pretty much every free
0: hour I had. Every free hour? I mean, seriously, that's a lot of time when you're a kid or even as an adult. So tell me what kind of games have you played?
5: Uh, It's a really wide array. You have to do a really wide array to uh, get into it. But I've done a lot of indie games, games that people haven't heard of. Then I've done a lot of the AAA titles, which you see most streamers and YouTubers playing to earn their profits, like Assassin's Creed, Skyrim, Overwatch. It's just a big array.
0: Do you know anyone, Jessica, who actually makes money at it?
5: Yeah, um I've known people who have gone on to win the bigger tournaments and then I know people who just play on the local level and they just win money to get their kids extra Christmas presents and stuff. It's a really lucrative field.
0: I've seen numbers all across the board. How much money can someone really make?
5: Go out and they've only played a video game for a few hours. They walk into a place that's having a tournament and they play the game. They find out they're good at it and they walk out with two to five hundred dollars. In other ways, you'll see people who actually decide to go into it as a career field and they'll be making 50k to 100k a year just touring around playing video games and being on ESPN in the esport field.
0: And once they get into the field, practice makes perfect. But how many hours do they practice?
5: They practice a lot. It's like a normal job. They'll literally play for, you know, eight to 12 hours every day to come up and win those tournaments and just keep making money and keep pushing forward.
0: Sounds like what we do.
5: It's much like you would go into work every day and you would sit down at your desk and do it. Sometimes it has overtime, of course, when you have a tournament coming up the next day, you may play for a few extra hours. But it's, in a way, like an office job. You're sitting there and you're doing your work constantly.
0: Yeah, I totally get it. If I have a radio show coming up, I do whatever it takes to do it right and get it out. Sometimes, well, not sometimes. I mean, all the time means working overtime. The prep that I do for just one show is amazing. I mean, a lot of people think I just walk into the studio and just start talking. All right, it's probably the same with esports. You just don't sit down and play until you get good at it.
5: Uh, There's a little bit more to it. You see a lot of strategy go into it. There's a lot of times you're going to have to sit back and you may have to write on paper, and you have to figure out exactly what's happening in that moment and what you can do to better prepare for it so you win the tournament and overcome your opponent.
0: Okay, let's say that I'm just starting out. Where can I go to start practicing?
5: Well, first off, if you're looking to practice somewhere before you start putting yourself in the public eye, Most cities, even smaller ones, will have local tournaments you can go through with the fighting games like Tekken or Smash Brothers. You can go there, you can play a few rounds, you can get good against people who are at the local level. After that, you can start to open up either a YouTube channel or a Twitch channel, whichever one you prefer, and you can start to broadcast to a bigger viewer base.
0: Let's say I'm on a budget, meaning I don't have any money whatsoever. I'm broke. What then?
5: If you don't have a lot of money, most consoles like the Xbox One and PS4 actually have a share option that will stream the game to you for free. And if you have a Kinect or a PlayStation camera, they can show your face.
0: In speaking with these players, I was really surprised how nice they are. I mean, it seems like a lot of the eSports players, they really want to help people. Like it's their ultimate goal.
5: The gamers themselves, they have been incredibly generous. We have seen time and time again, people like Ninja run campaigns where they raise thousands of dollars for charities. And it's simply amazing what they've done for you know these kids and disabled people and just all types of people in the world that need help.
0: And of course, there's the other side of the coin. There are the greedy ones.
5: Oh yeah, I mean, there's gonna be selfish people no matter where you look in the world, but the gaming community as a whole is just as good as any other community.
0: Okay, let's move on to the tech. What do I need to get started?
5: Number one thing you're going to need is you're going to need a good capture card. The capture card records the gameplay and makes it clear so that your viewers aren't going to be seeing any clipping or low resolution. Next, you're going to need a good camera to capture your face because you want them to be able to see you. They want to see you clearly. They want to know who's playing the game and talking to them. Next, of course, I do recommend getting some type of green screen, even if it's cheaper, to create kind of a scene behind you to pull them in more.
0: Like a mini TV studio, I get it. Now, just briefly, tell us how to set up the green screen.
5: You basically set it up in the background a little bit away from where you're setting and you'll install the computer programs that work with it and you can pretty much put any image you want on that background screen. So if you want to look like you're in a star system or you want to, like, just broadcast the gameplay behind you, it will make it pop out or it will make more interesting to the viewer because you have something going on other than like your living room or your bedroom.
0: So the audience doesn't get bored. I guess just watching someone's face for eight hours can get really boring. I'm sure it does.
5: Uh, yes, and I mean, it's like any movie or TV show you see. You're going to want to be engaged or pulled in by it, or you're going to get bored and walk that.
0: And then when you're ready to start streaming on Twitch, what do you do then?
5: You simply go to Twitch's website up. You can start completely free. Twitch is completely
0: free unless you want to go for the premium options that you pay for. Next step after Twitch, what do we do?
5: Once you start up the Twitch account, you're going to want to set up your recording area. You'll want to be able to capture the video feed to show to your viewers about the game. You're going to want to have your camera so it's capturing your face. But the most important thing with the Twitch channel is have some way or some computer set up so you can chat with your viewers while you're playing the game. Don't just ignore your viewers.
0: Because your viewers become your fans, and then your fans become your sponsors or your financial supporters, as it were. So there's a lot. Even if you're not working, you're still working, right? I mean, this is a full-time job.
5: Oh yeah, it is. There's so much interaction and there's so many expectations only from the people watching. You. It's really strenuous. I mean, you go to bed thinking about what can I do to improve it. Did I say that's wrong? It's, it's the public eye only, and that can go very wrong very quickly if you don't know what you're doing.
0: I kind of go through something like that. When you're in the public eye, you often question yourself, like. Did I say this right? Could I have done it better? Will people be offended? I get it. So if folks want to get in touch with you, hire you to write some nerdy stuff, or help out with setting up video games, where do they go?
5: Well, they can reach out to me at Jessica or at nerdculturejournalism.com, or they can go to my website, which is nerdculturejournalism.com, or if they want, my name on Upwork is Jessica Dillon. I'm a top freelancer there. I'm very, very easy to find, I try to get back to you in 24 to 48 hours.
0: Hey Jessica, it's great to speak with a fellow nerd. Yes, a girl every once in a while. Hey, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, thank
5: you, Jim. I love to be here and I uh, hope
0: you have a great show. She's just a cutie, isn't she? All right, up next, we're gonna talk about how you can get started in the gaming field even if you're not all that great at video games. Plus, I've got some insider secrets, marketing tips, streaming insights from Ninja and Phase to foo. and finally, I'm going to tell you about the top-earning gamer in all of history. This is the person you're going to strive to be. So stay right where you are. All right, let's talk about marketing. If you want to jump into gaming as a career, you have to be marketing savvy. That's just it. Marketing savvy. And for that, I want you to meet OmniArch. He majored in marketing, and then he went on to a career in gaming. On this track, he's in the middle of a game, so it's a little noisy, but he did give us some excellent advice on how to market your live stream.
3: You don't have to worry about, oh, should I stream to Twitch or should I stream to YouTube? You know, if you're just starting out, you don't have to make that decision. Just stream to both at the same time, um, and and that's really, really gonna help you out grow multiple platforms. You know, it's obviously gonna be slow at first, but having a presence everywhere is better than having presence in only one of those places. Um, Also, the other thing is using SEO. Uh, If you guys don't know what SEO is, it's search engine optimization, and it's basically um, using the right keywords in your stream titles, in the descriptions of your channels, Uh, things like that are going to help you show up more in search engines, right? So if you have your streams saved to your twitch account or whatever uh, having that title be optimized with certain keywords like you know playing like optic scumpy right and then optic scumpy is actually in the title of your stream and then when it gets saved to twitch now if someone googles optic scumpy um, the odds are that you, that stream isn't gonna be the first thing to come up right because he's famous so this stuff's gonna be everywhere um, but because that keyword is in there it's actually gonna rank higher on the search engine so doing that over and over again with different different keywords that people are looking for for are gonna help index your Twitch channel and your YouTube channel and everything like that to show up more in Google searches, which in turn is gonna drive traffic over time. It's not an overnight thing, it's not gonna be quick and instantaneous, but it's definitely um, a little advantage that like 95% of your competition in this streaming space isn't gonna know about that.
0: So just to recap, you don't need to be a famous gamer to make money. You can live stream on video platforms like Twitch and start engaging fans. They're gonna interact with you, support you, and cheer you on. When you build up to a few thousand followers, you can make about three to five grand a month. Now, of course, you just can't do it in your spare time. This kind of income requires a big work week. I'm talking about 40 hours.
1: I've been parting on Twitch for almost three years now, and I've been making a living off of that. It slowed down recently, and then I started playing Fortnite, and now it's just picking back up because the game is so popular. Uh, they pay... Through subscriptions, which are anywhere from five to ten to twenty five dollars. And what that is, is people subscribe and they get emotes and they support your stream, and that's uh, monthly. And you also get paid from uh, ad revenue.
0: Just to give you an idea of how far you can take it, Ninja has 100,000 followers and makes $350,000 every single month. My gosh, I think we're all in the wrong career. That's according to Forbes. But making that kind of money, that has some downsides. And right now, Ninja's in a bit of a career jam.
4: I'm still right now like on the, you know, the the fence I don't really know if I want to focus one or the other I know that what you just said obviously I'm gonna have to go to these tournaments it's gonna take away from my stream time going to take away from content that also takes away from my Instagram posts of Fortnite stuff and also my YouTube channel and also my Twitter clips that I also tweet that gets you know a bunch of interactions and mentions like all that definitely falls off when I start going to tournaments and you know if I don't win those tournaments then like I'm not gonna be able to recoup that money back like it's it's very So like right now, these online events that have been going on is just absolutely perfect, right? Any online tournament where I can stay at home, stream the entire thing, right? Gain subscribers and ad revenue and stuff like that. And then also bring in new followers. I mean, it's just a win-win to stay at home and stream.
0: YouTube has a slightly different deal for gamers, but they have a huge draw and they have a big audience. In 2016, a gamer by the name of PewDiePie raked in $15 million, courtesy of his 50 million subscribers. (laughs) What crazy money, isn't it? Uh, It can be done. But just like I am so, so grateful for my sponsors and you, my listeners and subscribers, you're also going to need subscribers to be successful. Next year, gaming fans are expected to rise to 740 million. That's according to a report from Statista. So don't worry, out of the 740 million people, someone out there is bound to like you. Now, if you do wanna be a superstar, you're gonna wanna pick games that are the most popular on the international scene, like League of Legends, Counter-Strike, Global Offensive, and Dota 2. Just pick one, pick your name, and then, here's the hard part, Put in hundreds or even thousands of hours practicing. That's what it's going to take to go pro. You're not going to make any money for a while, too, so don't quit your day job. But if you do keep it up, you'll start to see a few dollars drop in the cup. If you do go pro, well, then you do have a real job. Maybe even get a salary. Like the League of Legends Championship Series. They pay each player a minimum of $75,000 a year. 75 grand is a lot of cash. And check this out. The highest earning player is a guy named Universe. He has played in over 65 tournaments and has won over $2 million combined. That's according to Statista. Even if Statista is off just a bit, I don't think it matters. The guy can retire 20 times over, he's loaded. He and his descendants are set. So let's come back down to earth. You're not a superstar yet, but you can earn extra cash in gaming while you build your expertise. You can write video game guides, for instance, or play in off-season tournaments. You can ink endorsement deals with sponsors, or become a coach. Today's top coaches earn over 100 grand a year. I remember years ago, the people who hung out in arcades were kinda like people who had nothing better to do. I'm sure if you asked Ninja, OmniArk, or any of the others, they would say that there's simply nothing better to do. There's gold in gaming, there's cash for sure. So if that's your thing, you might as well dig for it, right? Just remember not to forget your fans, your sponsors, and your friends and family. Your success and mine are built on the foundation of those who love and support us. So when you're grinding away at that game of life, don't forget to take some time and love on the people who are there for you. Hey, thanks for listening. And did you know that every time you like or share one of my podcasts, our ratings actually go up? It's a totally free way that you can show your support of what we do. Plus, it would make my day right now. So if you love this podcast, and if you know somebody's into gaming, send it along. Do me a favor and share it with your family members and friends.